Welcome to the Jesus is Winning podcast. I'm Mark Baxter and I'm your host. Get ready to be encouraged and inspired from gospel stories around the globe. Jesus is on the throne and he is winning. Hello. This is Mark, and I want to share with with you something this week that I feel is really critical in the work of what Jesus is doing. This idea that Jesus is winning, uh, one of the things that is absolutely essential in anybody winning is that they finish. And so one of the things we see in the life of Jesus is that while he was on the earth, he finished. And I think it continues on forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) Think about Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, where it says that I am confident that he who began a good work in you will perfect it or complete it. So he finishes what he starts in our life. Then I also think of Uh, John 17, where Jesus says that he has accomplished everything that the Father gave him to do. He was able to say that he had finished everything that God, his Father, had sent him to do. And then, of course, maybe his most famous line on finishing would be found in the Bible. I mean, yeah, obviously in the Bible. I mean, on the cross, on the cross when he said, it is finished. And so, Jesus is a finisher, and if you're going to win, you need to finish. Now, this podcast that we do each week, uh, the the main purpose in it is to encourage us, uh, because we hear so much bad news. We need to realize that while there is bad news, there are bad things and difficult things that happen. Uh, We also need to remember and always have, in the back of our mind at least, that Jesus is winning because this is how we keep going. And so it's meant to encourage us. But also another aspect of this podcast that I hope uh, we see happen some, and that is that we that we decide to partner with him in what he is doing. We decide to join him in the winning. And so that's what this is going to be about. I want to encourage you to uh, to be a finisher like Jesus. Jesus finishes, and I want to encourage you to do that. Now, I learned about finishing in a rather uh, challenging time in our life. Uh, my wife and I and our youngest daughter had moved to China, and it was pretty difficult at the beginning because we were living in a place we didn't know uh, people, we didn't speak their language, uh, physically, it was a bit challenging. Uh, in the summertime, it was quite hot. In the wintertime, it was extremely cold. And so it was, it was a challenging time. And I learned some, some keys about what it takes to be a finisher so that we can, uh, finish what we start. And so I just want to share a few of those with you now. Uh, by the way, I'm, I'm sitting out here at the beach in Jacksonville Beach. It's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> and so you may hear the ocean a little bit in the background, but uh, this, is, this is a place where 
You know, I, I saw a sign the other day that says you can't get too much beach. And I agree with that. So I come out here and I can think and I can uh, pray and I can just uh, uh, find the Lord. He spends a lot of time at the beach. Okay, anyway, back to the finishing. Uh, here, here's a few Here's a few things that I learned about finishing. One of them is you have to know what it is you're going to finish. In other words, having a vision. Uh, if you don't know what it is you're going to finish, how do you know when you finished? Now, we, in other words, we have to have a, a vision of what it is that we want to finish. I think a vision often, uh, we have to have this clear vision. And one of the ways that I like to, uh, I like to think of that, this is kind of a, a crazy illustration, but unfortunately it's very true. Uh, just imagine if, uh, in basketball, like, you have two teams that are going to play for the national championship. Uh, this year, I believe it was, who was it? UConn and San Diego State. They played for the uh, championship, the national championship in college basketball. Now imagine this. UConn and San Diego State are out on the court and they're warming up. They go back into the, uh, the locker room for their final instructions from the coach. Uh, then they come running out of the tunnel out into uh, onto the court. Uh, you've got your starting five from each team are introduced. They gather around the center of the court. They're going to throw the ball up for the jump ball, and, and we're going to get the game started. And then they realize that while they were in the locker room, some maintenance men had come out and removed the baskets from each end of the court. So now what do you do? How do you play basketball without baskets? What do you do? Just dribble the ball? Pass it back and forth? You have no goal to shoot for. There's no way you can keep score. And so like I say, it's a rather uh, silly illustration, but I think it describes in some ways how many of us live life. We have no clear direction or purpose or even specific goals we don't have the vision so how can we finish if we don't know what it is we're going to finish so when it comes to vision there's just a few ideas uh, there is some scripture proverbs 29:18 says where there is no vision the people are unrestrained that means out of control or just kind of scattering all over the place uh, Jeremiah 14.10, thus says the Lord to his people, even so they have loved to wander, they have not kept their feet in check. Andy Stanley says that vision simplifies decision making. It's a lot easier to make a decision if you know where you're headed, where you want to uh, be in the future. And so I think uh, vision is is really critical. Let me just give you a few ideas. Uh, it, it needs to be viable. In other words, your vision has to be feasible or possible. It's like if I was to have a vision to become the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, that's not going to happen because I'm too short. I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm not as good as Trevor Lawrence. 
I will never be the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Someone might say, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. No, no, I cannot become the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. If that is my vision, it is not viable. It is not feasible. So we need to be realistic in having a vision. We also, it should be inspiring though, maybe a little beyond your natural ability where it requires some faith. I've heard it said, if your vision doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. The idea of a, of a vision that inspires and challenges you, I think it's good, it, it, it's exciting. It gives you some passion in life. Another thing, the vision needs to be specific, and I think the best way to make it specific is to write it down. It says in Habakkuk 2.2 to record the vision and inscribe it on tablets. I think it's good to write it down. A vision needs to be incremental. In other words, you break it down into small steps. How do you get to the top of a mountain? One step at a time. And so you break down your, your bigger goals, your the vision that you want to accomplish into small steps. Another, this is not, this is not a, a discussion about having a vision to get rich. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a vision that lines up with God's will for your life. And one of the ways to make sure of that is this, if your vision is focused on other people. I think we put other people first, and that that is a that would that is a major distinction between a godly vision and the worldly practice of setting goals for personal success. We want to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you at the proper time. Okay, so we put others first, and so if your vision involves helping other people. That is a that is a key. And then finally, last thing on vision is we need to have this attitude where we're not going to give up. Uh, that That's a quality that most people lack. Uh, and the greater the vision, the longer the wait. So you have to be willing, willing to uh, to keep going after it. Again, Andy Stanley says any vision worth pursuing will demand sacrifice and risk. So we need to be willing to uh, we need to just recognize that this is going to be challenging. So uh, part of winning is knowing what it is you're going to complete, your vision, and then not quitting. I heard somebody say just recently that if you don't quit, you'll win. If you don't quit, you'll win. Another aspect I think of uh, of not quitting, of, of finishing strong, is realizing that the... Uh, the power to finish, the power to keep going comes through our intimacy with Jesus. Uh, that That is uh, where we get the strength in difficult times, through our intimacy with Jesus. I heard, uh, uh, I believe it was Joe White, who uh, was a Christian leader that I had known a little bit of back when I was in living in Kansas City. He made this comment. He said, we serve a dangerous God who will send us to dangerous places to do dangerous things. I found that to be really interesting because one of the best ways to grow in intimacy with Jesus is to put yourself in a place where he has to show up, where if God doesn't show up, you are in big trouble. When you put yourself in those places, uh, 
then oftentimes you can grow in your intimacy with Jesus. I heard Erwin McManus, a Christian leader out in California one time, he said this. He, he refuted the well-known line that the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. He said, it's not the safest place to be. It's the best place to be, but it's not always the safest place to be. Consider Paul in 2 Corinthians 11. He talks about this. He says, three times I was beaten. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A day and a night I have spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the cities, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I think you get the, the point there. Uh, Paul's life as he was following Jesus was in constant danger. You put yourself in that place and then God shows up and you grow in intimacy with Jesus. And how can you do that? Well, you could go on a short-term outreach. Oftentimes on short-term trips, we put ourselves in places where we really need God to show up. You could give sacrificially to somebody who's working in missions. Giving sacrificially is a way of growing in intimacy. How about just walking across the street and sharing the gospel with your neighbor? Oftentimes, that, that is a way of getting out of your comfort zone for sure, of just beginning <clears throat> to share the gospel with people, especially maybe people you don't even know. And so I want to encourage you uh, to, as a way of growing in your intimacy, is to put yourself in places that are outside your comfort zone. Then the last idea I'll share on finishing strong, uh, finishing so that you can win, is the idea that God is sovereign, knowing that, having that deep down in your heart, not just an intellectually saying, yeah, I know God is sovereign, but really believing that in the depth of your heart, that gives you confidence, it gives you peace, it gives you tremendous strength if you know that God is sovereign. It says in Psalm 115 verse three, our God is in the heavens and does whatever he pleases. <laughs> How about Job 42, verse 2? It says, I know that you, speaking of God, can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I saw this happen one time when I was in with a team we had take, taken to Jericho. Uh, Jericho is about an hour from Jerusalem, and it is an area that is... Uh, predominantly the people who live there are Muslims. They are Palestinian Arabs. And we went to this area. This is back in the day when Yasser Arafat was still alive. He was the leader of the PLO, which was a Palestinian liberation organization. And they were basically terrorists. They did a lot of terrorist activity. They're the type of people that would put a vest on, go into a bus, and then blow themselves up, killing a lot of people. So they, they were terrorists. But we went to Jericho, and the host there asked us if we'd like to go to Yasser Arafat's office, his headquarters, and ask them for permission to do some an evangelistic service in downtown Jericho. Well, we thought that sounds like, uh, you know, quite an interesting idea. So, yeah, let's go for it. So we went down to his office, and we met with his secretary general. 
and he was very kind to us. He spoke English well, and we asked him for permission to go into the central park of downtown Jericho and do an evangelistic service. And sure enough, he said yes. We were actually surprised. Our host was surprised that he had given us permission. So we went down there uh, the next evening and started setting up. And we were going to have some worship, do some drama, share some testimonies, and then preach the gospel. And I noticed as we were setting up our stage for the worship, uh, there was um, there were men standing around our stage about every six feet they were stationed. They were standing there in military outfits, and they had machine guns. And it's like, what in the world? Uh, what is going on? And then I realized that they had been sent there by Yasser Arafat's office to protect us. And so we set up, we ended up in this down in this central park, downtown Jericho. We were surrounded by hundreds of Muslims. It was awesome. All around us, completely all around us, we were surrounded as we started to do some worship and then we did some drama and then we shared testimonies. And what the bottom line in this story is this, we were being protected, the Christians. We were being protected by terrorists so that we could preach the gospel to Muslims. What I came away from that realizing is that if God wants the gospel preached in downtown Jericho, he'll do it. And if he has to protect the Christians who are preaching, he can use terrorists to do it. In other words, God is sovereign. <laughs> Yes, he's sovereign. We don't have to be afraid. You know, God, believing that God is sovereign means we believe that he is able. He is able. It makes a huge difference in how we respond to life's challenges. You know, how do we finish? Well, when you receive a bad report from the doctor, you need to know God is able. When the gossip and criticism has worn you out, God is able. When the kids don't listen and respect you anymore, God is able. When your employer says your job is no longer needed, God is able. When the month runs out before the bills do, God is able. When it seems like you can't go on another day, God is able. Because God is sovereign, we can be confident that he will finish what he starts. And we can also be confident that he will win because God is sovereign. I love this truth. We serve an awesome God. He is worthy of our strong finish. I say amen to that. And so I just want to encourage you today, partner with Jesus and what he's doing around the world. Jesus is winning. Partner with him. And as you do that, you will develop more and more this persistence, this endurance where you don't quit. If you don't quit, you win. So I hope this will encourage you, maybe challenge you. If you'd like more information, I wrote a book called Finish. You could get in touch with me at uh, Mark Bax, M-A-R-K-B-A-X, at Proton. Dot me send me an email if this is a if this is a, a topic that you're interested in or maybe challenged with in, in finishing what you start uh, then shoot me an email and I can get a book 
sent to you. So, yeah, Jesus is winning. The reason why he's winning is because he's finishing. He's finishing what he starts. He doesn't just do it part way, but he completes it all the way to the end. So be encouraged and know in your heart that God is sovereign. He is for you and that you can also be a winner just like Jesus as you follow him, as you join him in what he is doing. Okay, so next week we'll have another interview then with another person who is experiencing uh, victory as Jesus is winning around the world from China to India to North Africa and even to Jacksonville, Florida. Jesus is winning. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. It's a true story as you'll hear, hear each week from others who are experiencing and who have witnessed the truth that Jesus is winning in many places around the world, some of the hardest places in the world. And so if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, would you go ahead and do that now? You'll be encouraged each week as we learn and hear about the truth that Jesus is winning. Have a great week. Thanks.